Hello, and welcome to the Thinking Jew Podcast, where we dive deep into Torah and Judaism to uncover its hidden beauty. Come join us as we take a closer look and breathe new life into traditional Jewish ideas. And now, here's your host, Rabbi Moshe Siegel. Hello and welcome to episode 76. In the beginning of the book of Numbers, we find a very interesting discussion. The Torah describes the encampment of the 12 tribes during their 40-year journey in the desert. The basic setup had the tabernacle in the center with the Levites nearby, and then there were three tribes encamped in each direction. Three tribes to the north, three tribes to the south, three to the east, three to the west. The Torah then describes how each one had their own flag. Each encampment had their own flag, and each tribe had their own flag. And here's what's always bothered me. One of the primary merits that the Jews had that enabled them to receive the Torah at Sinai was their unity. The verse says, And they, in the singular, encamped at the foot of the mountain. And our sages teach us that it refers to all the Jews in the singular because they encamped like one man with one heart, completely united. And the commentaries write that this unity was actually a prerequisite to receiving the Torah. So if unity is so important, what's with these flags and the separate encampments? A flag represents an ideal, a common ground that this group is uniting around, something bigger than the individual. So why would each tribe have a unique and different flag? Why would each encampment have a unique flag? On a very basic level, it would seem like this is the opposite of what they accomplished at Mount Sinai. There's an amazing medrash that sheds light on this topic. The medrash states that when the Jews were at Sinai, God came down from heaven and descended on the mountain. And it says he brought along with him 22,000, and some versions write 220,000, angels alongside him. And the medrash says that these angels were organized with flags. And when the Jews saw how each angel had their flag, they also desired to be encamped by flags as well. So what exactly does this medrash mean? What's so enticing about flags? What does it mean they had a taiva, a deep desire for these flags? We generally use the word taiva for something that's pleasurable, for food or other physical pleasures. What was the great desire the Jewish nation had in being organized by flags? In addition to this medrash, The Zohar writes that the encampment of the Jews actually directly paralleled the angelic encampment in heaven. There's a beautiful and pretty famous song from Rav Shlomo Karlbach called B'Shem Hashem. It's a phrase from the bedtime Shema, and the words are, In the name of Hashem, the God of Israel, on my right is Michael, on my left is Gavriel, in front of me is Uriel, and behind is Raphael. And the Zohar explains that these four angels are, so to speak, encamped around God's throne. And the Zohar then explains that the encampment of Judah in the north parallels that of Uriel in the north of God. The camp of Reuven to the east paralleling Michael, Dan paralleling Gavriel, Ephraim like Raphael, and the holy ark containing the tablets Moses brought down from Sinai in the center parallels God's throne of glory. So we find that this additional source hinting at some greatness of the encampment of the angels 
and of the Jewish people and the similarity between them. So what exactly is this? What is the meaning of this encampment? What do the flags represent? What do angels have to do with anything? So let's begin by trying to understand what exactly an angel is and what does it mean for angels to have flags? Angels are not physical beings. So they seemingly wouldn't have a piece of cloth on a wooden stick with some design on it. So what does this mean? I've mentioned many times before on this podcast that the name the Torah gives to something always connects to the essence of that item. So how do you say angel in biblical Hebrew? The word in the Torah for angel is malach. Now this very same word malach is also used to mean a messenger. And the commentaries explain that the essence of an angel is that an angel is a messenger of God. When God wants something accomplished in this world, the force he sends forth to go and actualize that is called a malach. It's called an angel. We often imagine, really based on other religions, that an angel is an immortal being in a white robe with wings and a halo. But the truth is that angels really aren't in the human form at all. They're really just energy or some other form of expression of a will of God. And there's many levels to this. So, for example, in what we quoted earlier, the angel Michael, situated on the right of God, is the head angel in charge of chesed or kindness, while Gavriel, on the left, is the head angel over all of din or justice. When the Medr says that each angel had its flag, that means that each angel understood its unique and individual role. A flag, like we mentioned, is expressing of a certain mission a certain value. And each angel having its own flag means each angel understood that role, understood its unique purpose and mission. Like we mentioned, an angel is the reality of a desire of God. So if there were 22,000 angels, that means that God had 22,000 specific individual desires that these were expressing. So although the Medrash describes them all traveling in unison and harmony with God towards Sinai, they each were also keenly aware of their individual tafkid, or individual purpose. When the Jews saw the angels all united in serving God, but at the same time completely expressing their own individual greatness, representing their own flag, they said, we want that. We also want to be aware of and properly express our own unique individual contributions as well. But there always needs to be a balance between the community and the individual. If the individual becomes too self-focused on their own mission, they can become lost and disenfranchised from the greater purpose of the community. On the flip side, if they lose themselves and only focus on the community, their individual strengths will remain untapped and their mission unfulfilled. So to keep this balance, each tribe had their own unique individual camp with their unique flags, but at the same time, every tribe was facing inwards towards the tabernacle in the center. No matter which encampment you were a part of, no matter what tribe you belonged to, you were equidistant to the tabernacle with the ark and the holy tablets at the center. You had to always keep in mind the greater purpose of the Jewish nation And then at the same time, look at your flag and find your own individuality within that. There was a great sage from the last century, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, who writes that this is why God didn't command the Jews to encamp by flags until the second year in the desert, 
almost a full year after the Sinai experience. Rabbi Kamenetsky explains that until the tabernacle was built and they had that grounding spiritual purpose in the center, God didn't want to break them into parts. He didn't want to separate them into their individual missions. But once that tabernacle was built and they were united around that greater purpose, God immediately commands Moses to set up these encampments and these flags. With Shavuos right around the corner, the holiday of receiving the Torah coming up this weekend, I think this is a very powerful lesson for all of us. We have to remember that the key to receiving the Torah was and is unity. We were only able to receive the Torah because we had unconditional love for every other Jew sitting at the foot of the mountain like one man with one heart. But we have to also remember that aside of just being part of a singular greater mission, we also each have our own unique mission within that. And you might look at a fellow Jew and see the way that they're serving God. And they might not focus on the same elements of serving God that you do. Or they might not approach it in the exact same way that you do. But you have to remember that even though they might be part of a different encampment, and they might look up to a different flag, they're also surrounding the tabernacle, looking inwards for the same greater spiritual mission. We need to appreciate both the individual as well as the larger community. And I give us all a blessing that we merit to see the unique addition of every other Jew, especially the ones that are different from ourselves. And may we each bring our unique talents together to express the greatest unity of godliness possible in this world. Until next time, have an amazing week and a joyous Shavuos. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Jew podcast and for taking the time to study Torah and deepen your connection to Judaism. If you found value in today's episode, please leave us a rating or review and subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or topic requests for Rabbi Moshe, please email the Thinking Jew podcast at gmail.com or visit thethinkingjew.com.